we wanted to just give kind of a brief disclaimer about our discussions here on this podcast. The tone of the show is obviously quite serious and covers subject matters that are difficult to talk about and important and things like that. And this podcast will talk about those, but also we're going to be joking and talking about the lighter elements of the show. And we just want to make sure that nobody takes anything that we say to be making light of the situations portrayed in the show. And yes. Like victims and things like that. We obviously take that very seriously when that happens in real life. And we don't want anybody to take it as though we're making light of those occurrences. Hello and welcome back to Vicious Felonies, a Law & Order SVU podcast. Jordan is confused, but I'm Chrissy. I'm Jordan. What's up that look on your face? Why are you saying I'm confused? Because of that look on your face. (laughs) I'm not confused. Okay. All right, today we're discussing Season 3, Episode 4, Rooftop, which actually had eerily similar vibes to the episode we just watched while we ate dinner, which is Season 15, Episode 22, Thought Criminal. I guess. In this episode, Stabler has a vendetta against a guy he doesn't like based on stuff he's done in the past but hasn't actually done as of late. And in this episode, it's tomorrow, otherwise known as Stabler (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, we tend to always somehow do that where we watch an episode and then we pick a random one and it's always one that's like the same. Yeah, like the 2.0 version or the 1.0 version of one we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. Had you seen rooftop before yeah same definitely. same it was written by robert f campbell and jonathan green and then the story by was by them and neil bear cool cool it was directed by steve shill this was his third episode for the series okay and then it has an imdb rating of 8.4 out of 10 hmm, okay it's a little high for my liking but okay okay that's just me okay own quick summary yeah uh i think you helped it off but stabler has a vendetta against someone when there's rapes happening on rooftops and when they discover that person dead it's more than it seems So I definitely did remember most of this episode and I knew or I thought I knew that it wasn't the guy that they thought the whole time. But then I kept being like, wait, is it him? Like, I can't really remember. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I also thought that it wasn't going to be him. Typically when they're like really strong on that and it's like the first person. Right. Then it typically isn't. So just because it's too easy. Yeah. So we start off and there's a man and a woman on a rooftop making out. Pretty much as soon as the episode gets started, they hear people approaching them. And uh, the girl's like, who's that? And then Benson and Sable are like, say police. And the guy goes, oh, it's the sex police. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that he could identify them, if I was that person, I'd be like, I don't think I want to be with you. Right. Like, Like, why do you know know that that's the sex police? I got to (laughs) go. I'm out of here. Yeah. I am glad that all the women in this episode, as soon as they found out more or less that guy's true self, they were like, okay, ew. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one where he's getting, like, defended the whole time. Thank God. He's defended, like, until they're like, yeah, did you know this? And they're like, 
I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, the guy says that this cop has something for me. We reveal that this girl's only 14, and then he's like, oh, she's a liar. She told me she graduated high school. Right. Stabler instantly commits a HIPAA violation and reveals that this man is HIV positive, which is super illegal, and he does it many times. That's obviously uh, a tough situation because... Can we just move on from this? Sure. Okay. The girl reveals that they had not had sex yet, but tonight would have been the first time. Then we get the credits. I did put in credits in all caps in mind because I knew that you would reference the credits. Casual no Stabler no does not like this guy. His name's Leon. He had like a like a Hen Leon or something. Is that what that type of shirt's called? It's like casual, but it's like... It's like almost like a thermal with yeah. three buttons. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. Henley. It was cute. I liked it. So they go over this guy's history with... Uh, I don't even know who that other person that they're talking to, but the guy says whenever he was a kid, he had 11 arrests before age 13, which I just feel like they were going back and forth on this guy. Like, normally hearing 11 arrests before age 13, my gut reaction is like, either he's just like a kid that the system failed, or he's a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Like, it's one of the two. And what we end up seeing from this guy is that it's kind of neither. He's bad, but I do think in a lot of ways, the system failed him in some ways. I don't know. Yeah. Or he could have been a serial killer had he... Maybe he was just a slow serial killer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he died, but it very well seemed like he could have uh, progressed further. Even like BD seemed to... Yeah, be concerned. Yeah, that's another connection to the episode we just watched. They had BD come in for a consult. So anyway, they're saying he's basically like spreading HIV around because he's having unprotected sex with young girls and not letting them know that he has HIV. Who in the world says the line, this guy's penis is a deadly weapon? I can't remember who said it. I think... Stabler. That's a horrible line. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple things I wanted to say. The guy asked Stabler, why don't you get off my case? And Stabler says, I don't like you. And then he asks for legal aid. Anything else? Yeah, I have more. Cabot says she's surprised he said as much as he did. They argue about, you know, what could be considered speculation because he did have condoms. Uh, they say they want to get his records unsealed because his records are sealed. Uh-huh. And then Cragen says, you know, I don't remember telling you to tell him. Right. Just Stabler and Stabler's like, well, I heard he got out. And that's that uh, weird penis is a deadly weapon line. <laughs> For me, this episode was hard to even write down scenes because they went over the same. They retread the same thing like five different ways. Yeah, kind of. In these couple scenes. Like they were like, did he have a condom? Then he wasn't going to have unprotected sex. Was she 14? Then he was going to like, they just kept going over and over so i just didn't write down the scenes anymore because it was just the same fucking discussion again and again yeah they kind of do the same setup like it's just rolling back and forth yeah so i was like okay they try to do something to make a precedent based on stuff other states have done based on a mental hygiene law that's what they said it was gotcha the squad's arguing about the case and they're talking about like Finn, I think, says, like, did he check the birth certificate? And, like, yeah, they have the classic squad debates, the legality of the issue. Ice T says, like, what am I supposed to do? Check a girl's birth certificate? I just love how relaxed Stabler looks in that scene. Like, he has his feet up on his desk. He's just yeah. sitting back, just like, because he knows there's no chilling. He's like, no, if a girl seems underage, you should ask. Like, it's that simple. BD thinks he can make a case, and, uh, I think Cabot says it'd be good if you could be there and Stabler's like, oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Again, he's very like, he's way too gung-ho. Obviously, this guy's a bad dude. He's out there willingly spreading HIV, like, on purpose to young girls. We think. We think. But Stabler is, it's just not good. He's really, like, dead set on this guy, like, right from the jump. 
They try to, you know, get him. Judge doesn't go for it. There's uh, another rooftop. There's a rooftop rape. Mm-hmm. Stabler's like, well, it's going to be him. I want to go. Benton's right. like, I have uh, paperwork. I-, I can't. Right. So he teams up with Finn. And Cragen warns him not to make every single rape be him. Mm-hmm. Then we see the girl. She has, like, one of her eyes taped up, talks about a guy named Andre. He had a knife and promised a record deal and uh, said something about the love machine. And mm-hmm. Stabler says he's heard that before. So he's convinced that other rapes in the past are also Tate, the person he's so keen to convict. I also wanted to mention that Stabler says he recognized it from 1993 and then said it, says it was right after I got here. So I would assume that means that's whenever he started SVU, but I'm sure that's changed probably multiple times over knowing the SVU writers. <laughs> yeah, true. Because I think that that other episode where Olivia said it was like back when she started was in 1992 or no, I can't remember. Either way. They, they change it because like in the later seasons, like season 15, she says she's been on the force for 15 years. Right. But in like that episode we did, she had already been on it for multiple years. For like years, seven years. Which was a retcon. So they like retcon it back and forth. Yeah, they do. As they need. So ridiculous. Yeah. Can you guys just come up with a consistent timeline? It's not that hard. I think it makes the most sense and is easiest if you just assume in the first episode that's her first case. And yeah. Just Which is what they, I think, what they were working with for a while. And it makes sense to have Stabler have previous years at that yeah. point because he's the senior detective, number one. Number two, he's older than her by a few years. So that totally makes sense to me. But whenever they try and say that they started at different years or whatever, it's just very confusing. And I don't know, we've discussed it before, I don't know how TV writers do this. Just write it down. You do write it down. (laughs) You're writing it down currently. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. (sighs) I mean, I guess it's like stuff like I can't remember everything I've said on this podcast at this point. Can you? No, but I mean, if I made like a really crazy statement, I'm sure I would remember it. Yeah, I don't know. know. But we're also not making stuff up. So it's like. Yeah, true. Finn says that he grew up in Harlem, not Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure in the book they said it's the Bronx. But like. What? Yeah. They said presumably the Bronx, but I'm pretty sure in the episode they specifically say Harlem. Yeah, this episode's definitely in Harlem. Yeah, based on the book, they said presume the Bronx, so I don't know why they're confused by that. That's weird. Yeah, I've never heard anything of Finn being from the Bronx, ever. I really love the scenes of them talking about, like, their childhoods and their upbringing and, like, getting to see Finn interact with that guy, Rodney, and talking about his family and stuff. That was really cool. I like stuff like that. I like the... Stable Finn dynamic. I just wanted to go back and quickly ask if you wrote anything down about Craig and eating noodles with chopsticks. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wanted to see if you noticed if he actually took a bite or not, because I know you always notice whenever Stabler and Olivia are eating that he is always taking bites and she's not. Yeah. Stabler, Chris Maloney eats. Like right. there's using his ass, of course he eats. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Maloney eats. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing multiple takes, like, I could see that being, like, it, I could see it being easier to not eat if you're going to be doing multiple takes. But me being me, I'd be taking bites for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's your free chance to eat, so. Right. I was an extra on something, and they were like, don't eat. But then, like, after a while, I just started eating. <laughs> like, they kept doing so many takes, and I was like... I mean, I'm hungry. <laughs> for continuity's sake, like, what difference does it make if I take a small bite? So I would take, like, a little bite. It's not like that TikTok sound. 
you could take a small bite. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, I have a chicken yeah. leg in front of me. You've done oh, three yeah. takes. I'm just in the background. Like, I don't even know if I'm on camera, really, or even in focus. You're so, just like, off to the side eating so, your chicken like, leg. So, each take, I would take a small bite and just kept doing it until, you know. <laughs> I wish I could see footage of just zoomed in on you, just being, like, looking around, because, taking a like, bite. Because, like, you know, you're trying to, like, fake eating. And I was yeah. like, this probably looks bad. So, I was like... I'll put a little chicken in my mouth, make it, you know, make authentic. It really legit. Yeah, honestly, like, I completely get that. Like, I mean, you did musicals in school, and, like, you have to sit in the background and be like, yeah. It'd be easier to just actually talk. Oh, yeah, I think I did just actually talk. <laughs> I'm sure you I think did. I just had conversations with people because it's like. You're I, supposed to be like townspeople talking or whatever. Yeah, I don't think. I can't remember, but I probably didn't have a mic since I'm no. just singing in the background. So, yeah. like, if I talk, who the fuck's going to no know? No one's hearing this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so they pick up Leon and with yet another girl. Yet again, they reveal he has HIV. I believe he calls Finn Uncle Tom, which is at least the second or third time recently that we've heard Finn get called Uncle Tom in episodes that we've watched. Is this when they do the lineup? Yeah, it's, okay, well, it's yeah. right before the lineup, and then, gotcha. they, then okay. they do the lineup. Yeah. And neither of them can ID Leon. Yeah, the one girl says it's been a while. She cries. The other girl, you know, only has one eye and says, like, I can't tell. Maybe when I can see better. Yeah. Uh, they cut him loose, and Stabler says, son of a bitch wins again. Which, that kind of reminded me of, because we just watched the Lewis, Lewis storyline. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's almost unbelievable how many times that guy gets away. It, it's truly insane. Like, whenever they have the stuff for Lewis up on the board with him being like William Lucas, Lucas Willie. Like, just... oh, come on now, come on now. <laughs> There's no way in hell. So okay, so then I think we have another victim, Aisha, which is the little girl that Finn knows her family. Yeah, she was lit on fire and tossed off the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warner's there, says dead before she was torched. Yeah, that's uh, it's Rodney's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was friends with the family, but they fell out of touch when he moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Basically, it seems like, you know, Rodney and the girl are all that's left. Yeah, it was a sad situation. So she just got accepted to a gifted school and that she was going to be somebody. Yeah, I thought the character moments where they talk about the victims in this episode was really good. Like, they all yeah, really sold agree. me on their, like, sadness and, like, how tragic, like, these deaths were. Mm-hmm. And I really... I don't know, like, sometimes it's hit or miss with people's reaction and not, like... agree. You know, it just happens. Sometimes it's hard to convey that. But I feel like everyone that had, like, those lines, the lines were Mm well-written, (laughs) well-written, and the people that, you know, performed them all did a great job. Like, I I do think, like, the family members really sold, like, Mm -hmm. the grief and the sadness in this episode. Yeah, because they don't, I mean, they don't always hit that mark like sometimes it just feels kind of hollow yeah when they are hollow i'm never like oh this is a bad episode because of this i'm just like oh whatever you know yeah typically they are like a quick one scene in right. an episode. So you're like, not gonna hold the episode yeah you know but negative for that one scene i think this one's really strong with those one scenes yeah i agree at this point i wrote wow they really are working backward from leon because they're really just taking the facts of the case and making them fit leon Like how they go back to his case files and then they say that nine of his 11 arrests were for arson. Yeah. So at this point they're like, okay, this girl was on fire. He was arrested for arson. Like open and check case. It's him. When like they've never even investigated any other suspects at all. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. Like BD says like being set off could be because they're following him and stuff. Yeah. Like Staber has that moment of like, oh, so it's my fault someone died. He's got a toothpick in his mouth and he is pissed off. (laughs) 
I also thought the scene with the mother and her saying, like, she's not sure why he is the way he is and not sure what happened to him. Like, she tried to be a good mom. I thought that was also good. Yeah. I will say, I in a lot of movies and TV, especially when they're painting somebody as, like, a sociopath or, like, a serial killer, this guy isn't creepy enough. And he's also not smooth enough. Normally, if someone's going to be... And then once we see the real guy, you're like, okay. Yeah. But he's not, like... He doesn't give me any vibes that he he's a serial killer. Yeah, that, that is probably a good point. So, and at that point, like, whenever I had that thought, I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't the guy. Like, I then I remember that there was another guy, but... They ask the neighbor in the building about him. He's not cooperative. Mm -hmm. They go to the roof of the building, basically just on a whim. Finn says he spent a lot of time on the roof. And that's when Stabler says they should have traded. Because I think Finn wanted quiet and Stabler wanted excitement. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because, like, he still lives in Queens. Like, he was like, yeah, I grew up in Queens. Like, you still live in Queens. You could have moved to the city at any point, but you still live in Queens. (laughs) Did you write down what Finn said about going on vacation? I didn't. He said uh, he always wanted a vacation, so I went to Isle of Arufa, Tar Beach. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he said something... Funny? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that, too. Like, as much as I'm sure it would suck ass, I I would still, like, I'd at least tune in for a prequel about Finn's life in Harlem. (laughs) You're telling me you wouldn't tune in? You would tune in. <laughs> you would have to find someone that's really good to be. Yeah, you're a right. Young Nobody's fan. as good as Ice T. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know who I would think of casting in that role. Yeah. Because you need someone that like looks like him, has like the same swagger. Like I don't know. His little six year old daughter. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I mean, she does look a lot like him. So <laughs> if it was about him as a young boy. <laughs> uh. But anyway, yeah, that was funny. So. Ultimately, they find Leon, like, at seeming like a water Is his water name Leon Tate? I don't know. Because you call him Leon, and I keep calling him Tate. <laughs> oh, then yeah, I think so. Leon's his first name, so okay. I would assume, yeah. Okay. I just write down the first name that I hear and then stick with that. Same, which okay. is Tate. <laughs> okay. They find him, like, climbed up this ladder. It seems like it was like a water tower or something, mm-hmm. and he's OD'd on something. He's been dead for, like, 18 hours. Yeah, it's Leon Tate. Okay. So... At this point, do they find the, the next girl? Like, right after that? Yeah, they say there's been another one. They're still trying to pin it on Leon. Mm-hmm. And Warner's like, it couldn't have been him. This victim's been killed in the morning. and He would have already been dead. Yeah, and Stabler's upset. He's like, oh, I wanted it to be Leon. Everything fit. And uh, now another girl's dead because I went down the wrong road. Yeah, dude, maybe you should think about that before you get your horse blinders on. Yeah. This isn't the first time this has happened to him. Like... I get it. This dude wasn't a good guy either, like Leon or whatever, but, you know, you got to explore other options. Uh, so Mrs. Tate is at the station. She's obviously upset. Finn has Stabler's back, kind of just tells her off, and Stabler thanks him, and then Finn's like, yeah, Tate was scum. <laughs> yeah. Just like in this last episode, he's like, you touch a woman or a little kid, you're scum. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Then BD says that this is probably not a wild-eyed psycho, and mm-hmm. it's someone with good social skills, and they clearly switch their pattern up with the fire. Something probably set them over the edge. Are we going to the next girl then? Or is uh, this, was that about her? Rodney. I have Rodney showing up, and he's like yelling at uh, Finn. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I think Finn says, you know, we're from the same place. We're yeah, from yeah. the same In... family. We're the same color. Like, yeah. no, give me a break. Right. And then that's when there's the other victim. And that's Tina, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she's another girl in Harlem. Her mom 
worked at the post office like late at night and so she didn't know that she wasn't at home which by the time she got home like tina had already been at school yeah because she did some overtime so yeah that was obviously awful she was also very good i did notice i just liked the set design of that apartment it has like a purple wall i didn't notice oh, i thought it was cool she had sent tina to the corner store to get milk and bread so they go to the store have the guy behind the counter id and he's like yeah she was here a guy came in behind her they were laughing together must have known each, known other. each other and then the landlord from the roof mm-hmm. uh says that one guy went for the cue ball look malik harris <laughs> the cue ball yeah yeah, because the guy that they had been describing had hair and a beard and Malik. And then it, Completely then clean shaven, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they go and knock on Malik's door and immediately he's a dick. And like his girlfriend or whatever is like, who's at the door? And he says, nobody that concerns you. Yeah, he was really rude to her and I was like, oh, Not a good look, dude. Not a good look. But he does say, uh, I did see the girl, but like... I didn't, you know, I'm not yeah. the one that killed her or anything. And then he says, now you may dialogue to his girlfriend or... I'm sorry, like, how are you going to let somebody talk to you like that? Don't know. I, I was just truly dumbstruck by that, like... Not even just talking to you like that, but talking... Like, that's just a dumb phrase. Right. So, like, to be rude and say it in the dumbest way possible, I'd be like, you're a rude idiot. Right. Like, And then all she came over to say was that they've been in bed all day. And she was like, yeah, we've been busy. And was, like, proud about it. Like, If you know what that means. You've been in bed with this asshole who treats you like garbage. <laughs> Good luck. So, at, at what point did he kill that girl if he was just in bed with that girl? Like, did he kill her before he came into bed? I don't know. I mean, or he could have just told the girl to lie. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. Then basically tells off the media to the neighborhood. Says, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the police are here. Where's the media? Like, they clearly don't care. Right. Yelled them. Which is fair. Like, Rodney was getting mad at him again. And he's like, we're here. We're working the case. Like, why are you on my case about it? Yeah. What you're really pissed off is the fact that the news and the media doesn't care about a serial murder and rapist of black girls. And yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really like the scene of him getting like standing up about it with Cragen. Yeah, I did too. Cragen, yeah, is upset about it. And Finn says, you know, five black girls aren't even on their radar. Like, does that sound equal to you? And talking about like other things where there's more detectives or, mm-hmm. you know, the I mean, media. he's completely right. Like, yeah, there's people are still like hearing about cases of white girls went missing in like 1997, like Elizabeth Smart, like. We're still hearing about that in the media in 2021 when there's been like hundreds of thousands, I'm sure, of black girls in that time that have been killed that nobody fucking gives a shit about. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Insane. It's tough, too, because like sometimes I feel like the media doesn't help by being on the scene. Yeah. You know, because it can give like the killer like, right, like you know, oh, they're, yeah. you know, going to catch me. I can switch or I can leave right. or blah, blah, blah. But like. It's just a mixed bag because, like, you yeah you don't want there to be none, but then at the same time, like, it can almost be a nuisance and, like, that's very help true. make or break the case. There's like, been plenty of instances on the show where there's been, like, the media gets in the way or, like, releases yeah. a detail they're not supposed to release. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I do understand the logic of, like, well, they're not here. They must not care. But at the same time, like, it could end up being better for the case. True. In a way. That's a good point. Finn says... To Craig and like, you don't know where I'm coming from. You're not black and you're not from the hood. Yeah, which, like, I'm glad he didn't just, he wasn't just quiet in that moment because, like, you really don't know Craig and. Yeah. So, like, just don't even go there. I like that Munch tries to, you know, he says, like, 
I'm defending both of you. Like, he just yeah. kind of stays yeah. out of it, more or less. Which um, I feel like as much as... I mean, I feel like he does that a lot. Yeah. Munchie. <laughs> Uncle Munchie. Yeah. I like uh, Finn meeting with that informant. And oh, yeah. That he's was just so like, funny. What's in it for you? And he's like, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like that, too. I like that guy. Consider it a freebie. I don't like him. <laughs> like, hell yeah, dude. I'm mean, like, <laughs> like laying down in the backseat of the car, too. Yeah. That was really good. Like, yep. You don't like a guy? Totally yeah. uh, screw him over for the police. Perfect. <laughs> that was so funny. Okay, so then finally we get this guy, we get a DNA or whatever, a uh, warrant to compel his DNA. He goes to the lab. And well, they get a warrant first for drugs and they say oh, hey, anything right. else you find is gravy. Right. He gets arrested for the narcotics and then that's when... They get the DNA. Yeah. Is this true? No. It's not true? Okay, Correct. I was going to say, that doesn't seem true. So, I, I do have this. I'm so glad you looked this up. I, I didn't. I just stumbled across it. Okay. Don't think I do anything other than look at IMDb, because okay. I don't. Interesting. But good to know. IMDb has my back a good amount of time. Can you just explain what we're talking about? The Jehovah's Witness thing? Okay, yeah. So, I'll, I'll explain that, and then I'll explain why it's not true. Okay. So, they, Warner's trying to get a DNA sample. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I think Finn says, prove it. Yeah, and she and says they don't have to. He doesn't have to. If he says it, I can't take a sample. Uh-huh. But, hold on, I gotta skim to the part. It makes sense. <laughs> okay. Jehovah's Witnesses have no objections to giving samples of their DNA or even their blood as long as the blood is only being used for medical or forensic testing. The only objection would be to receiving a blood transfusion or donating blood that will be used for transfusion. Gotcha. Okay, so that's just complete garbage. It wasn't even blood at all. It was just his mouth swab. Yeah, so, yeah. I was going to say, like... I knew they had an aversion to blood Everyone in their mother would say that. Yeah, true. If that was true. A any single person charged with any crime would say that. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but yeah, uh, I did know about the blood transfusion aspect. Yeah, yeah, so did I. But I was like, is that true about Jehovah's Witnesses? Or not even necessarily about Jehovah's Witnesses, just about the fact that you could use that as an excuse to get out of a DNA thing, like... yeah. Because that just doesn't make any sense to me. Agreed. So Finn decides to be a little dirty, as he's done in that other episode. He's done a couple dirty things, yeah. And he knocks off his sunglasses, steps on him, is like, don't worry, we'll replace them for you. And yeah. they use the sunglasses to match him to the murders and rapes. Which, like, I like where he's coming from with wanting to get it done and, like, wanting to get the DNA. But there's literally so many other ways they could have got it done. Yeah, I agree. Like, they could have given him a piece of gum and wait for him to spit it out. Like, anything. Yeah. I also like that Cabot does try to yeah. defend that in court. She's like, well, he demanded them to be replaced. They were discarded. He just we left them on the that. sidewalk. Yeah. And the DNA gets out and the judge says, oh, and when they blame the judge, uh, tell your detectives they're the ones who blew it. Yeah. And then, of course, Stabler's instantly blaming the judge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, of course, it's thrown out and he's in court for narcotics charges and something happens with the judge and she said he or she i can't remember there are two judges in this episode yeah, I don't know. uh i think it's the guy mm -hmm. no i don't know <laughs> says screwed up murder case and want me to do oh, your it's a woman dirty work yeah yeah uh not gonna happen yeah and then that's when the brother attacks and he gets bitten right why would like this is my thing. If he knew the Jehovah's Witness line as, like, some kind of technicality, you'd think he would know not to fucking bite some guy that attacks him. You would think. Like, there's just so many other ways they could have gone about getting his DNA. Like, they could have just given him a bunch of water. They could have, like, made it really hot in the interrogation room so he was sweating. Like, 
I don't know. You get DNA from sweat? I think. I mean, if you can get it from your mouth, don't you think you get it from sweat? I don't know. Just reminds me of Halloween Town whenever they, uh, those ghosts go in the sweat box and then they come out skinny. Oh, yeah. That's a cool scene. <laughs> that is a cool scene. <laughs> um, so they say he's under arrest. He says, you got nothing on me. And Munch says, you know, you, we're taking a bite out of crime. <laughs> is that what he says? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, does really... <laughs> he literally says joking. that. He literally does say we're taking a bite out of crime. Wow. Which I think is uh, Scruff McGruff's. Yeah, yeah catchphrase and then uh Cabot asks Finn you know did you give him that idea and he's like do you really want to know and she just goes no I love that scene love that scene because he just dead stares he doesn't do <laughs> any kind of expression whatsoever he just says you really want to know and just stares into her eyes and she knows she doesn't want to know because yeah it's a crime if he did tell him to do that he says that he was set up it's entrapment Cabot says ask your attorney it's not <laughs> I like the attorney going no <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's pretty funny. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they sent his DNA over to Detroit. He has more against him there. He says he wants a deal. And Finn says, how about right before we execute you, I bring you your last meal? Dick Wolf. That was a good one. This is a really good Finn episode. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he's due for another good one in the new season. Yeah, I would hope. Because this whole season's all about living stabler. So like, we need to give him some something to do. I have another thing about this episode that's not real that I okay. wanted to read. Yeah. Uh, there's no such criminal charge as sodomy in the second degree in New York State. Hmm. Forcing a person to submit to anal sex or having anal sex with someone is who who is unable to consent due to either being underage or mentally or physically incapacitated would fall under the criminal charge of criminal sexual act, which has three degrees. Gotcha. I'm not going to read the whole paragraph. It's weird that it wouldn't just be act. constituted as rape. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, weird. They're they're very like, but both sp- overly specific and then overly general when it comes to writing sex crimes. Like in the episode? No, in real life. Oh yeah, I like, agree. That just seems stupid. Uh, anything else? I don't have anything else. All right, cool. Uh, let's do MVP. There's a pretty obvious one. Then duh. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no other. Like Stabler was not really very good in this episode. He was. Drilling down on the wrong guy. Yeah, I, I feel like he you could make a case for him, but it, it's just got to be Finn. If it ended up being the first guy, maybe. Gotcha. But, like, I don't know. He, for me, like, he wasn't even looking at other any any other options. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. Rating? You go ahead. Are you cheating and looking at my answer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am cheating. I did see Keep your eyes on your own paper. I did see your answer, but I do have mine already written out. Okay, which is? I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10 dun-duns. Okay. I think this is a pretty solid episode, but it's not quite an 8 or higher. Agreed. Uh, I definitely like it a decent amount. I don't love it. Like Same. how you said, it kind of, at the beginning part, does that thing of like, this is the person, it's not going to be the person, so right. like, there's just so much time spent on that. Right. And they do the same thing of like, here's him and a girl, and they stop him, here's him and a girl, so and they stop times. him. So many times. Just we get hammer it. that down, so that. But I do think like, a lot of the small scenes are very good. I think like, a lot of like, the black aspect of the storytelling is good, and Finn relating, and you know, being yeah. both, you know, part of the people, but also part of the police, and doing that the balancing of... act of both, and trying yeah. to yeah. satisfy both was really well. I I really like Finn in this episode. He has a lot of story, but he's not like he still has his fun. Right. 
and he it's still has like this like charisma, a yeah, which I like that because I yeah. think I think Finn is best when he is fun. Yeah, agree. And even when he does like you know how he kind of like roughs like, him up with the glasses and things like that. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they don't let him have yeah. the fun aspect, and that's Agreed. what I'm really like. Okay, like I love Finn, but like he's not Finn if he's not right. you know like when he's smooth and fun. Like yeah. that's that's Agreed. my favorite. He's so. got to have his little like. It's the word I'm looking for, like, I don't know, ornery, I guess, like... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know, I just, uh, I like when he is, you know, has the good lines and is very serious, too. Yeah. But I think you need the balance of both, and I think this episode was just great about that. Agreed. I did want to say two things, uh, related to things you just said. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, Dundons. Okay. But I did like that we got to see a serial killer who or whatever you want to call him. I mean, I guess he's a serial killer because he's killed a bunch of people in New York and Detroit. But not many shows show serial killers that are not white. Mm. I mean, there aren't very many serial killers killers in reality that aren't white, so that's probably why. Yeah. Most serial killers are white men. But because they made that choice of having the killer be black, I'm glad that they stuck with the factual aspect of it, of that, like, most serial killers don't... Kill outside the race. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's a thing, but factually, that's a thing. So I thought it was at least good that they, like, were consistent with that and had this guy, like, in his home turf and not, like, a black guy killing white women. Yeah. Obviously, someone killing, like, anyone is awful, but it would be not factual, number one, and it would have just been bad, number two. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So, but that said, I do wish we would have just seen more of that character. What's his name again? The cue ball guy? Harris? Something Harris? Malik. Yeah, Yeah, I wish we would have just seen more of him because normally on serial killer episodes, they spend a lot of time, like, painting a picture of, like, how creepy this guy is, and they didn't really spend that much time with this guy, so... Yeah. I would have liked to see more of that. That's fair. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Okay. You didn't have more to say about your rating? I mean, you pretty much touched upon it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty much only rating it as high as I did because of the character moments and, and that stuff. Like, the story was good, but it didn't really talk about his motivations for any of the crimes. Yeah. So, it, it was kind of like... The details that, like, are typically interesting, yeah, they didn't really elaborate on. Like, why did he set fire to the right. one? Like, like, they didn't go into any of that. Or how did he even know the other girls? Did he even know them? Like... Yeah, I don't know. We don't know any of that. So, I'm docking points for that. That's fair. I don't really have any plugs. I haven't watched... Too much things that are related to SVU right now. I've just been watching. Just been watching SVU. <laughs> yeah, we've been watching a lot of SVU, which yeah. is good. Uh, seeing some storylines I hadn't seen before. Uh, SVU is great. I love it. I'm glad Stabler's <laughs> back. I've been enjoying Stabler. I did want to. Can I just plug that uh, video that I watched yesterday? That was the like best of SVU appearances on late night TV shows that I watched on Twitter yesterday. It's very funny. I like um, Ice appearing on. I don't know, Jimmy Fallon or something, where he brought both of his dogs. And they're both bulldogs. It was very cute. One's the dad and one's the son. That's cool. And he calls one of them, like, Thuglicious or something. <laughs> like Nice. It was very funny. But I just love them. So check out the video. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much everything. You can email us at viciousfunniespodcast at gmail.com. We still have stickers, so if you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, yes, please we'll rate us. send you the stickers. If you just want to rate us because you like listening to us, you can also do that. But we have stickers, so, I mean, why not take advantage of Free that? Free stickers. Uh, you can follow the show at Vicious Funnies on Twitter and Instagram. 
We're definitely going to have some more guests coming down the pipeline. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mossy underscore Castle. And you can follow me on Twitter at Chrissy Marie H. And on Instagram at Chrissy Holzer. All right. Well, this episode is is done done. done.